the Great British Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by MTD, MFD and Jefferson. Hello and welcome to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. On this week's automotive special, we will discuss this week's positive news from the British manufacturing sector, review news from the automotive sector over the past month and welcome a special guest from British electric vehicle manufacturer Arrival, the VP of product, Patrick Beyond. My name is Joe Reynolds and joining me as always is my co-host Stuart Whitehead. Stuart, welcome. Morning, Joe. Good to have you back. Yep, thank you very much. Uh, let's crack on with uh, what's happened in the news this week. CMR Surgical uh, announced plans to build an, a, a new factory. Yeah, very good news. Uh, global surgical robotics firm's new production f- facility will enable upscale manufacturing processes to meet the increased global demand for its pioneering Versius surgical robotic system, now established as a valuable surgical tool in a number of hospitals across Europe, India, Australia, and the Middle East. The new facility will span 75,000 or just over 75,000 square feet, house up to 200 skilled employees initially, um, and they're from production, quality, manufacturing, engineering, and so forth. The site will be located in Ely, close to the company's headquarters in Cambridge. Yeah, and the next one, Liberty Steel, uh, set to reopen its Rotherham plant. Obviously, good news. Uh, Liberty Steel, they can't stand the news for two long, can they? But this is obviously good news. Yeah, I think this is going to be a developing story. So they've secured a £50 million cash injection, which the company says will safeguard 660 jobs at its plant in Rotherham. The deal is part of a wider restructured G Alliance, Liberty's owner, which was forced to seek funding when its key lender, Greenskill Capital, collapsed. GFG Alliance said the cash would allow the Rotherham plant to reopen this month after being closed since the spring. Uh, and the next one, we talk a lot about reshoring, nearshoring, don't we? Um, Jaguar Land Rover have bought their tool manufacturing back uh, back in house, but they've, they've got one step further, haven't they? So they're not just bringing it into the UK supply chain; they're actually going to do it themselves. Absolutely. So, um, British biggest car maker JLR has started manufacturing his own press tools in house for the first time, as he said, following a one point seven million pound investment at its Halewood plant. The company previously outsourced the production of its press tools. Uh, I believe they were imported from Asia. So this will, um, the company's saying this will allow it to drive efficiency and quality, as well as give employees the opportunity to learn new skills. The investment involves the installation of a new press dime manufacturing centre, the first of its kind in, in JLR, um, <clears throat> with a state-of-the-art five-axis milling machine, which manufactures press tools known as blanking dies from raw castings. Um, the blanking dies are the first stage in the manufacture of car body panels, during new vehicle production. And just an overview of Halewood, more than £750 million has been invested in the plant in recent years, including £250 million for the Range Rover Evoque, the fastest-selling Land Rover model of all time, and £200 million for the Discovery Sport. Yeah, no, it, it's a plant I used to go to uh, many moons ago um, before both of those platforms were being built there. But, yeah, no, it's uh, it's great to see all that invest, uh, investment. Another plant I used to visit regularly, actually, Ford Dagenham. That's our next story. They're uh, celebrating its 90th anniversary. Yeah, most popular story on the social media platform um, this, this week by far. So just over 90 years ago, the first Ford vehicle rolled off the production line at what was then Ford's newest global production facility, Ford Dagenham. Nine decades later, with nearly 11 million cars, trucks and tractors built during 71 years of vehicle production and close to 50 million engines produced to date, 
Dagenham continues to play a major role in force European operations, um, building the advanced technology diesel engines that power many of our Ford's passenger commercial vehicles. And in recent times, the last few months, Ford announced plans to build a new ambulance at the site in partnership with our friends at Bernari and engines for the next generation Ford Transit custom range will be built at the site as well. Yeah, it's great. It's a huge success story, that plant, because obviously the, 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 the majority gets exported around the world, don't they? So it's a fantastic UK success story. Uh, you, Vic, in Coventry, uh, a large recruitment drive there. Obviously, this is a fairly new facility, but there's a, um, there's a big drive already. Yeah, we, we covered the official opening uh, a few months ago. So dozens of new jobs have been created at the um, £130 million UK Battery Industrialisation Centre in Coventry. And this is to help fulfil orders from OEMs and developers it is working with. The first of its kind battery production development facility provides a missing link between battery technology, which is pretty promising at lab or prototype scale, and successful mass production. So new jobs for the West Midlands and uh, great to, to see um, the advancement of that facility, which is going to be very, very important, I think, for the uh, you know automotive infrastructure in the UK. Indeed, yeah. Well, we'll take a, a, a short pause here, Stuart, to uh, bring in this week's guest. Um, after the interview, we will review the automotive sector. We've got roughly 10 stories briefly covering uh, all the household names and maybe some companies you're not aware of, but that includes Aston Martin, Moak, Mini, Polestar and Tiva. Uh, but before that, MTD's Richard Jordan recently caught up with Patrick Beyond, who is the VP of Product at British Electric Vehicle Manufacturer Arrival. Patrick, good to talk to you. First of all, we're standing in front of the arrival van. This is this is your baby, isn't it? Tell us about your involvement with this project. It is, yeah. I've been with arrival for, for four and a half years now, long time. Um, entirely focused on the creation of our zero emission, affordable commercial vehicles. And we see the first one here today, which, which comes into production in Q3 of next year, 2022. And it looks like a van, but it doesn't look like a van. It's different, isn't it? It's yeah. a different van, and with good reason. Commercial vehicles are a very underserved portion of the, of the automotive industry. They have not changed for a long, long time. We're here today, and we see other electric vehicles. But they are vehicles that manufacturers have taken an engine out and tried to fit a battery and a powertrain into it. And that's good. It's good to take a diesel vehicle and make it electric, but it's only doing part of the job. Uh, the sustainability, the efficiency, the user experience of this vehicle is just fundamentally very different to an existing commercial vehicle. So was this designed from the ground up? It was, yeah. And quite importantly, transitioning away from fossil fuels into electric mobility is so important. And what's important for us at arrival is to scale that. So we can't just build one vehicle. We can't just build two vehicles. We have to solve all the problems that are going to stop us building a number of different vehicles, cars, buses, vans, and scaling them around the world. And actually we've designed the vehicle and that process together. And that's partly why it looks so different. It's, it's aesthetic and it's part breakup is shaped by how we want to build it. Can you tell us anything about the differences or are they state secrets? Well, um, we, we, we function with what we call a microfacture model. So traditional automotive manufacturing build huge, vast manufacturing facilities almost mini cities, and they do that to churn out hundreds of thousands of the same vehicle. It's a very long development process. You're making very bespoke processes and fixtures and jigs for a limited number of vehicle models. And it takes a long time and a lot of money, a lot of capital investment. So that's a prohibitive process for a new vehicle and for anyone that's trying to bring multiple products around the world. Sustainability is not just about taking an, a, an ice and internal combustion engine and making it diesel uh, and making it electric. We have to rethink the sustainability. So what we want to do quite fundamentally to everything we've done is build products locally to where they're going to be 
where they're going to go locally to where they're going to be used. Uh, and that's the creation of the micro factory. So it's a very low capital, invest capital investment process. We have to keep the capital investment low to justify building multiple around the world and to do them quickly. So tell me about the micro factory that you've got here in the UK. Yep, that's right. So our first micro factory is here in the UK, not too far from where we are here. It's in, in Oxfordshire, up in Vista. And that first facility is going to be producing this vehicle and other lightweight commercial vans starting in Q3 next year, 2022. And I understand you've already got orders. Was, was it UPS that have ordered a huge number of these vehicles? Yeah, we have um, an increasing number of, of orders coming in, um, nearly 60,000 vehicles under, under LOI. Um, UPS, Lease Plan and others have committed to, to, make, to ordering this product. Um, and it just goes to show their intent of what they can get from this vehicle versus what they can get from other, other vehicle manufacturers. So finally, we've been, we've been talking about the van, but there are other vehicles under the arrival umbrella. There are. There are other arrival vehicles. As I mentioned, it's really important not just to try and tackle one product. Zero emissions are a problem across, across the industry and across our economy. We have a bus we're producing. Uh, first, first vehicles being produced there in, uh, in America, where there's a huge growing demand for, for sustainable bus mobility. We have the van here and a number of other van variants. And then we move on to a car, but a car targeted at ride share and ride hailing. Um, really, as part of moving away from fossil fuels, we also need to rethink vehicle ownership quite dramatically. And will these all have the same distinctive look of the van? They will, absolutely, yeah. Again, the vehicle here is designed to really rethink the user experience of a commercial van driver. Well, a great insight into the world of arrival there, Stuart. That's an incredible UK business, isn't it? Oh, it certainly is. And every time you, you know, pick up the papers, the trade press, it, you know, they're talking about arrival, the, the microfactory concept, which is, is fascinating. And, um, yeah, great to see them growing so quickly and creating new jobs in the UK. If you'd like to join us on future podcasts, please let us know by emailing podcast at mtdmfg.com. Also, please remember to download the MTD MFG app, which is available from all the usual app stores for both Android and Apple. This app has the latest news, exclusive content, and you should really download it. I know you've got a number of stories relating to the automotive sector, Stuart. Let, let's start running through them. Maybe we start with Aston Martin. Yeah, there's... I thought it would be an opportune time just to review what's happened at the last few weeks and because uh, it's been quite extraordinary really in, in the sector, Joe. So, yeah, Aston Martin, they've announced a new £200 million F1 factory in Northamptonshire. The 400,000-square-foot 400, campus will be the new home of the Aston Martin's Formula One team and will house the team's design, manufacturing and marketing resource, as well as the team's first-ever wind tunnel and the state-of-the-art simulator. Moke International, you mentioned, um, quite possibly the most popular story over the last uh, couple of months. So the revived Mini Moke will be built entirely in Britain following a new agreement with manufacturer Fablink Group. Initially, the recreational vehicles were engineered in the UK before final assembly took place in France. So um, as I say, um, people love that story. Bentley Motors investing in the next generation. They've, they've recruited a record 112 apprentices and graduates, the largest intake in the British Mark's 102-year year history. Trainees are joining the luxury car makers, 4,000 strong workforce, it's planting crew. Inward investment, Polestar, Sweden's Polestar, is to develop its preset model, a new facility in Warwickshire. In the last year, the firm's now 250-strong UK team has more than doubled in size and is set to, to expand beyond 500 people in the near future. Tiva Trucks, uh, Tiva's British-designed seven-and-a-half-ton electric truck will be built in the UK at a new manufacturing plant in the Thames Freeport area, which is expected to create 
a thousand jobs, would you believe, by 2023. Um, another in in investment story, Fisker um, has announced plans to open a new engineering centre in the UK. The Fisker Magic Works facility, sounds like something from Disney, uh, all due respect to Fisker, will focus on low-volume, rapid development vehicle programs and bespoke versions of the American electric vehicles manufacturers' models. So halfway through, Joe, so quite, quite a few uh, covered already there. Yeah, no, it's incredible, isn't it? It's incredible. I always find it <clears throat> just people talk about, you know, the, the demise of the um, internal combustion engine and we don't make anything as it is. We're going to make even less, certainly in the automotive sector. But the evidence we're seeing, Stu, it's anything but. I know, absolutely. And uh, it's, it's just a shame some of these stories, they, they, they just don't seem to, to, to be covered by the mainstream press. And, you know, the, the amount of inward investment and uh, stories that are taking place, you know, week by week. I know that you've covered it uh, a few times, haven't you, on your slot on GB News? Yeah, yeah. Just, I, I just wish more would follow. It's, um, it's not obviously we're concentrating on the uh, automotive sector at this moment in time, but maybe in another week we'll do a, a different sector. But yeah, just onwards and upwards, really. We just need more people, both you know, mainstream media and and also just everyone's personal social media accounts. Let's give give UK manufacturing a big push. But is it anything else worth covering? Yeah, another milestone, this time Toyota. Um, Toyota celebrate, celebrating 50 years of European vehicle production. Today, the Japanese car ma ma manufacturer has invested more than £8.5 billion pound across its European production sites, including just over £2.5 billion in the UK. UK has the distinction of having been chosen by Toyota for the location for its first European manufacturing centre. So um, good news for um Bernison and, and D-Side, the engine plant in D-Side, which both opened in, in 1992, I believe. Um, another JLR-related story, GEFCO has expanded its footprint in Liverpool, the opening of a new 176,000-square-foot logistics sequencing centre to, to support JLR. The £5.5 billion investment is expected to create 140 jobs. And finally, back to our favourite region, Joe, we cover every week, uh, the North East. Um, plans submitted by Nissan battery partner Envision AESC for a new £450 million gigafactory in Sunderland, which is expected to create and secure more than 1,000 jobs have been approved. This is scheduled to open in 2024. Um, the battery plant will be built adjacent to the Japanese car makers northeast factory as part of, of, of a wider £1 billion investment programme. Yeah, just incredible, isn't it? Like I didn't, I was trying to keep, I was trying to toss up all these all these jobs as you were going along and, and I lost, and I've lost count, but it's, and it's, it's, you know, we're talking six figures, aren't we? It's well over 100,000 jobs that it's, it's going to be created in, in the automotive sector alone in the next few years. So it's just, it's just astonishing. We need to, we need to find these people to start with. No, absolutely. I think that's a challenge, certainly with the electric vehicle manufacturers, the battery manufacturers. We, we were speaking to, you know, on previous podcasts, we've spoken to the likes of British Volt and, um, and and others, and it is a challenge that they, they have to look for transferable skills. They're not going to be able to go to an established plant and take experience. People are there because they don't really exist. So, uh, yeah, I think going back to my recruitment days, it will be a challenge, but uh, it's not insurmountable. So that brings the end to this week's Great British Manufacturing Podcast. As always, we don't get time to cover all the uh, latest news and uh, gossip from the industry, so please download the MTD MFG app 
bathing app, go to mtdmfg.com. A big thank you to Patrick Beyond of Arrival, uh, MTD's very own Richard Jordan. Stuart, thank you to you. But as always, the biggest thank you goes to you, you guys for listening at home. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. The Great British Manufacturing Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and a review. You can find us on Twitter using at MTDMFG and at Jefferson underscore MFG.